I don't know if you saw the banners on your way down, but we're starting a new series today called Restart. And uh, the Newsboys had a great video there with uh, the song Restart. So it kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, with what we're doing and where we're headed down the road. So once again, I say uh, happy Resurrection Day to you uh, here at Connect. Uh, it's exciting. It's nice to see uh, everybody's uh, smiling faces today. I've talked with a lot of people before uh, our time, and, and everybody's got plans for today. Uh, we're going to go back home and have dinner with our daughter and son-in-law, and I know that there's a lot of family and friends in town, so hopefully you got some great plans for this afternoon. About 10 years ago, my wife, Jean, who is usually at the connection counter over there, wave, Jean. Is, is Jean waving? There she is. Hi, Jean. About 10 years ago, she worked at the mall at Bath and Body Works. And uh, she did that for uh, several years, and it was, it was neat. It was, it was a good time. She, she enjoyed working there. And I don't know if you pay attention to Bath and Body Works or how often you go in there, but it seems like every four or five or six weeks, they're just changing everything up in there. The displays are changed. Everything's updated. Things are moved around. Everything's new. Well, after she worked there, I come to find out those are called floor changes. That's what they call those. They're going to do a floor change. And so there was this one particular Sunday evening that Jean was there working. They were doing a floor change. And a lot of times they do this after hours. So I think they started around 6 or 6.30, something like that. And uh, usually, if they, it depends on how many employees they have. It takes from two to four hours to complete this floor change. And this particular Sunday night, I think it was around 9.30, they, had, they were done. Everything was, was packed away, and, and they were all getting ready to leave. So Jingle's walking out of the, uh, of the mall doors into the parking lot, and she can't find her car. She's like, man, I know. I, just, I left my car here. It was, just, it was right there. So she started thinking, well, maybe I parked on the other side of the building or whatever. So she's looking for her car, and she calls me. And she's like, I can't find my car. And I'm like, what? What do you mean you can't find your car? So I go out through all those, those husbandly questions. Well, did you, you know, move it while you were working? Is it on the other side of the building? I mean, you know what? She's like, no, no, no. I checked it. checked everywhere. My car is gone. Well, then we realized, obviously, that it might have been stolen. And it was crazy. We're like, your car might have been stolen? So who would want to steal a 1994 Chevy Cavalier, right? I mean... <laughs> I'm like, now don't get me wrong, Jean loved this car. She could zip in and out of her parking lots and stuff, and, and it had a couple dents in it, you know, and I was like, well, nobody's going to want to steal a 94 Cavalier, but here we are faced with this possibility that it was stolen. Well, it was unbelievable, too, because the Great Falls PD had a car in the parking lot, just not your mall, mall cop, okay? It was a real cop. And so Jean goes over there and talks to them and says, well, I think my car was stolen because it was here and now it's gone. Well, did your husband take it? No, my husband didn't take it. He's on his way now to come and get me. Okay, well, we'll take your name and we'll fill out the report and then tomorrow morning have him come down and we'll do the rest of the report down at the station. Okay, no problem. So we go home and we were just like, this is unbelievable that somebody would want to steal our car, a 94 Cavalier. Well, the next day I go to work and I'm sitting there at work, and, and it, was, uh, it was before, it was like 7 or 7.30. I think I was going to go down there about 8 o'clock. All of a sudden, I get a call from the Great Falls PD. And they're like, hey, we found your car, but we got some bad news. And I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, some teens actually stole the car, and they wrapped it around a pole in Kalispell, Montana, at about 5 o'clock this morning. 
And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, no, the best we can figure out is that they were headed to Canada. And I guess they'd been in trouble with the law or something was going on with them. And they were heading to Canada. And uh, they, totaled, they totaled our 94 Cavalier. Unbelievable. We got robbed. Somebody stole my car, a Cavalier, Jean's car, I should say. And then they put it in a ditch around a pole in Kalispell, Montana. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I don't know if you've been robbed. (laughs) You probably haven't been robbed like that before. But I'm sure many of us have experienced being robbed. And I can remember back those feelings that Gene and I had. We were vulnerable. I felt violated. I mean, it was just, it was a weird feeling that came upon us when we realized that somebody had stolen our vehicle. Well, Although our vehicle was stolen and it was totaled and it was very inconvenient, life did go on, obviously. But many times in in, in our lives, sometimes we get robbed of even more and life actually seems to stop for us. I don't know if you've ever been there, been in that place where you've been robbed of something and it seems like life just stops. Well, there's a Bozeman connector called Susie Fredrickson, and she has quite an amazing story. And uh, I have a video clip for you to watch. It's a very uh, emotional and, and crazy story about how life really stops sometimes for us. Go ahead and roll that clip. So approximately eight years ago, um, I was living in Glasgow, Montana, and um, in a okay marriage, I found out that I was pregnant and had told my husband. And soon after I told him, there was tears and I thought these were tears of joy and happiness. And this was when our lives was going to, life was gonna begin and be joyful. And um, this this was it, this was the beginning. A Couple weeks later, I came home to visit my family. He called me on the phone and said he was having some doubts about wanting to stay married. I continued to wear my wedding ring. I didn't, I still had hope because I thought God had in store for me the desires of my heart, which I thought that was to restore my marriage. Um, Then there was a period of time that he told me he wanted me, he didn't want me. I was asked to have an abortion. He didn't want the baby and he didn't want me. The day before my ultrasound, he told me that he had a girlfriend. So that was it. (laughs) I stopped wearing my ring. We were done. You know, I can't begin to express the way that felt. I felt robbed of joy and happiness and I wasn't supposed to be a single mom. That's not how it was supposed to be. I was married. It was supposed to be wonderful and joyful. I remember just laying on the couch and just curled up in a ball and feeling like, how was I ever going to survive this? How was I going to be okay? thought of being a single mom. I knew people that were single moms and I knew that it was going to be hard and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it financially. I didn't know how I was going to do it emotionally. 
Um, it was a pretty quick, quick labor. Um, my sister Tina was with me, she was my coach. So then Preston was born and it was wonderful. He was, he was so handsome. He had this blonde, blonde, like beautiful blonde hair. And he was perfect. He was perfect. A week or so after he was born, got rough. He cried and cried and cried. About from 5 p.m. till 11 p.m., there was nothing I could do. Night times were lonely. Lonely, lonely. I just wanted a husband to be there. Even if he was sleeping next to me, I wanted someone there with me. I didn't have that. <laughs> uh, maybe you can relate to Susie. Uh, maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe not in that exact same situation, but maybe something similar. Life has thrown you a curve, and you're not quite sure how to handle it. So what do you do when life doesn't go the way that you've expected it to? When really the unthinkable happens, and, and many times we're left feeling hopeless. Well, there is good news today. If you're taking notes for us, this is a fill-in-your-blank. Jesus restores what the thief steals. Let me say that again. Jesus restores what the thief steals. In John chapter 10, Jesus told a fascinating story about thieves and robbers. And it, it was related to people who tend sheep. If you want to open up your Bibles, uh, if you don't have a Bible available, there's, there's some in the back that, that you can use. And if you don't have one at home, you can, you can keep that as a gift from us to you. But I'm not going to read every verse, but I'm going to talk about this story uh, about the sheep. Jesus told this allegory, and, and the sheep represented those who followed Jesus. And then the shepherd represented Jesus himself. And, and what he was saying is, is he talked about a sheepfold. And basically what a sheepfold was, was, was a, a wall built around, uh, could be large or small. And I think we have a picture of that right here. That's a sheepfold. And they built this wall around to at nighttime, there's the door. They would keep the sheep and, and gather the sheep and keep them in there at night. During the daytime, they would let them out and they would be able to go around the pasture and, and be able to eat. And, and once again, at night, the shepherd would call all of them in. And they'd be all in the pen for the evening. And, and actually what would happen is the shepherd would, would position himself right at the door. And would actually sleep there too. So he was actually guarding the door. And that's what the, shepherd job, the shepherd's job was to do. To protect the sheep from danger. So when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, he was talking about leading the sheep. But he also said that he was the door and what that meant is that he was not just leading, but protecting the sheep as well. So it's kind of a cool imagery that Jesus is giving us here as far as protecting the sheep, but also leading and guiding the sheep throughout the day. Now, it is really interesting in this particular story that the big danger that Jesus was talking about wasn't wolves and coyotes. Jesus said the danger comes from thieves and robbers. 
the danger comes from thieves and robbers because if the shepherd was sleeping in the doorway, thieves and robbers could come on the backside and over the walls and take the sheep and steal them. And here's what Jesus said about those thieves in in John chapter 10, verse 10, that last verse. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus, once again, restores what the thief steals. So what was Jesus' point here? And and I ask you to go back to your notes because we have a couple fill in the blanks. Jesus' point was this. There is a thief who wants to rob you. There is also a thief that wants to kill you. And then finally, there is a thief who wants to utterly destroy you. And if the thief has come after you personally, maybe you have felt hopeless. And that's what we're talking about today. What has the thief stolen from you? Maybe cancer has robbed you of your health. Maybe a divorce has robbed you of your hopes for happiness in the future. Or maybe a bad business deal has robbed you of your security. Or if you're in college or school, maybe that grade of an F has robbed you of your GPA. Or relationships. Maybe that loser boyfriend that you've been with for five years has stolen those years from you. Or maybe your hopes for a family have been stolen away by a miscarriage. Whatever your situation is, however you relate maybe to this feeling of hopelessness, once again, I have some very good news for us today because Jesus restores what the thief steals. Jesus restores what the thief steals. Jesus said that he came to give you your life back. Let's look at the second half of that verse again. John 10, 10, the second half. It says this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Another translation of the same verse says this, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. More and better life than you have ever dreamed of. And then another place in the Bible, I'm just going to read this verse real quick. This is great too. 1 John 3, 8, the second half of that verse says this, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus did. He destroyed and destroys the works of the devil. Jesus restores what the thief steals from us in our lives. Now, after Jesus was put on trial and and he was convicted and then executed, his disciples had that same feeling that I'm talking about of helplessness. They, They could relate to that feeling of what the thief comes to do to steal, kill, and destroy. In fact, the hopelessness 
even deepened after some of the women went to the tomb. And, and we've talked about this in recent weeks, this, this imagery of the women going to the tomb and they finding that Jesus wasn't there. And they were all freaked out and, and, and they came back and they told the other disciples, well, well, let's go there. In John chapter 20, verse two, it says this. So Mary ran and went to Simon, Peter and John and, and she said to them this, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Can you sense the desperation in her voice? And, and all the disciples and the followers at that time, they thought, that Jesus' body had been stolen. That's what they were thinking. They were thinking, well, well, who would have stolen Jesus' body? They, they felt hopelessness. Uh, the unthinkable actually had happened. I mean, they didn't see that one coming at all. But Jesus, the, his body was gone. Life didn't go the way that they expected it to go. They did feel helpless and hopeless. But today is a day of good news because that's not how the story ends. If we go down a few more verses in that same chapter of John, chapter 20, and we get to verse 19, it says this, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace, be with you. They were fearful. They felt hopeless. They felt that they were in a corner they couldn't get out of. But Jesus came to replace that fear with peace. Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me. Even so, I am sending you. So there's Jesus showing himself to the disciples and the followers to give them hope and to give them peace and to prove that he truly did rise from the dead, just as he said he would. Jesus's life had been restored. That's what he was telling the disciples right there, that his life had been restored. And here's what we learn. The resurrection of Jesus is all about restoration. The thief tried to steal Jesus' life, but Jesus defeated death. The thief tried to steal the disciples' future, but Jesus defeated death. The thief tried to steal the hope of the world, but Jesus defeated death. And Jesus, rising from the dead, restored what the thief had stolen. Jesus' life was restored, the disciples' future was restored, and the hope of the world was restored when Jesus came back from the dead. Jesus restores what the thief has stolen, and he restores that for you and for me in our lives today. Has your life been stolen? Are you feeling that your life is crashed somehow? Well, Jesus restores that. And now I want you to hear Susie in this short clip. And we're going to hear about the rest of the story. When Preston was about three months old, there was this boy at church. His name was Colt. 
and he kept pursuing me and I kept saying no, <laughs> I was not interested. And then um, at about 10 months old, when Preston was about 10 months old, we started dating. And then when Preston was a year and a half old, we have got married and now we have three children and God has restored my life and I can't even begin to tell you how joyful my life is. I'm so incredibly blessed. I could have not asked for it. My life is so joyous and beyond anything I could have ever imagined. It's wonderful. I'm married to an awesome man and I have awesome children and great friends and a great church family. Now that's Susie's story, how Jesus restored what the thief had stolen. Your story will be different. Each one of our stories are going to be different on how Jesus restores what the thief has stolen. Romans 8.11 says this, And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Did you see that? Jesus promised us that life in our mortal bodies here on earth, the life, an abundant life that we can't even comprehend, more and better than you can even imagine. That's what Jesus brings to us in our lives. So let me say this again. The resurrection of Jesus is all about restoration. It's all about restoration. Jesus restores. But the resurrection also can give you a restart. So however you feel that maybe your life has been crashed, Jesus will give you an opportunity for a restart in your life. And that's the good news that we have in our lives today. You don't have to stay where you're at. Jesus will give you a restart for you today. So in the next few weeks, the series that we're talking about is Restart. We're going to talk about restarting your relationships, restart your finances, restart your habits. We're going to talk about how Jesus can help us restart our lives in these different areas. But for today, I want to be clear. It's not about trying a little harder. It's, it's not about being a little better or being a good person in your life. It's not trying another strategy, another self-help strategy to add to your life and to try to be successful. It's not about that. It's Jesus' finished work on the cross, him rising from the grave. That is what now gives you hope in your life. That's what gives you hope in your life. I had the opportunity to speak at the rescue mission this past Thursday night, and that was a great time. And we talked a lot about this point, that Jesus' sacrifice, death on the cross was what God required. And since he rose from the dead, it was acceptable to God that Jesus paid the full penalty for each one of us. And that's the hope that we have in our lives through Jesus. 
Let's bow in his presence right now. I'd like to pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your love for each one of us, God. We make it personal this morning. For each one of us, you loved us so much that Jesus was sent for each one of us. He was sent for me. And he died on that cross for me to pay the penalty and to pay that debt that I cannot pay. And that goes for each one of us here today. And so I don't know where you're at today. Maybe today is the day for you to make that decision to follow Jesus and let Jesus restore your life and give you a restart. Maybe that's you. Whether you've never asked for a restart before or maybe you have in the past, but for one reason or another, your life is derailed right now. I would love to be able to pray with you And so as our our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if that is you today, if you need that restart, just slip your hand up real quick and just want to pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Appreciate that. Today's the day that you can get a restart. So as we're bowed in his presence, I I would like everyone to repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross so that I might have a restart. I ask you to forgive my sins. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. I want to follow you from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Now I'd like to do something else before our time goes away. We got, we got a lot of time here. And, and I'd like to speak to the, the rest of us. Maybe you didn't need that restart in your life with with Jesus. Maybe you're in relationship with Jesus right now. Jesus continues to restore us in our lives each and every day. Many of us are going through struggles, through trials, through things. Jesus can restore what the thief has either stolen or is trying to steal. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray again. And and as I say this next prayer, think about the hurts that you have and and think about something that the thief might have stolen and, and just imagine that being nailed to the cross because that's what the cross brings to us in our lives. It's a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of, of Jesus paying the penalty in completion for each one of us on that cross. And so then after I'm finished praying, the band's going to go through the song, Death Was Arrested Again.
And if you didn't notice, there was a cross over here, and, and Dennis is going to take the cross down, and we have some paper and markers and nails and hammers. And so as I pray over each one of us, if there is a word or, or two that you can think of that the enemy has stolen or is trying to steal, let's physically get up and nail to the cross this morning. As an act of worship, as an act of completion for what Jesus did for us on that cross. And when you walk away from that, whatever it is, it's gone. It's left at the cross. Maybe there's something you've been struggling with for a long time. Maybe you thought you dealt with it years ago, but it seems to be creeping back up. Let's nail it to the cross once and for all. The enemy will continue to try to steal, kill, and destroy things in our lives. And sometimes we need to go back to the cross and nail it again to give you that freedom that Jesus can provide for each one of us. So just walk away from the cross and leave it there. And after we're done, if all of us do it, we'll go through a couple songs. However long it takes, we got plenty of time to nail to the cross what the thief has stolen or is trying to steal from you today. And when we're done, we'll close. So let me pray over over us. Father God, I thank you so much that Jesus restores. And God, no matter what the thief is either stolen from us or trying to steal, Jesus, you restore. Maybe it's a marriage or maybe it was my joy or maybe it's hope for a future, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would bring those words to our minds. We'd write them down, nail it to the cross, walk away, knowing that you've completed the work, Jesus. And we give you honor and we give you glory with that restoration in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray again. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning, for this resurrection day where we celebrate Jesus. Jesus is risen. That is truly good news. And not only do you provide a way of salvation, but Jesus, you restore and you heal each and every day in our lives. Life is tough sometimes. But you give us that hope for a future. You always provide us that hope for a future. And so I would pray with each one of us and and whatever those things, those words, those things are on the cross. They represent something the thief has tried to steal. But God, you are a God of restoration. And so you restore those things in our lives. You restore hope to us. You give us new life. And I just simply say thank you for that. Restore what the thief has stolen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
I'm going to have an usher put the cross back up and hang it there. And that's a symbol for us now to know that we've left those things on the cross. That now that we've walked away, Jesus has restored what the thief has stolen in your life and in mine. And that's good news. Let's give God a hand clap for that. That's great news today. And so maybe you raised your hand earlier, or, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you said that prayer to have Jesus be a part of your life. If that was you, mark that on your connection card. We want to remember you in prayer. And those connection cards uh, serve a lot of different purposes. There's a great opportunity for you to put a prayer request on there. If you didn't see that, you can do that now because we're going to collect them here in a few moments. If you turn it over on the back, there's a place for next steps. We've been talking a lot about next steps the last few weeks, couple months. So if there are things that God has done in your life, share that with us. We call those praises, praise report for what God has done. Because I'd like to share them with each one of us. I won't use your name, but I'd like to share the things that God is doing in our lives to encourage each one of us that God is truly on the move today in 2016 in Great Falls, Montana. And so there's baskets on your left, my right. If you're on that aisle, go ahead and pick up the basket, put in your connection cards and your offering envelopes and pass that along. Some ushers are going to take those from you here in the next couple minutes. And then the last thing we like to do here at Connect is end with a celebration song. And so once again, I say have a happy Resurrection Day. Be with family, be with friends, have good food and good conversation. And we welcome you back next week to join us in our Restart series. Ryan, let's do it.